Hi, this is Mike Delt with the Relax Back UK show on UK Health Radio, your global real feel-good radio station. On the Relax Back UK show, we explore all kinds of health topics, so keep listening and enjoy the ride. Thank you for joining me, Mike Dilk, on the Relax Back UK show. Now, it is an absolute phenomenon, but what is it? It's in uh, over 700 locations across the UK. It's uh, in a thousand plus locations uh, across the world, 22 countries. Um, and we've now got something like 7 million people worldwide signed up, about 4 million in the UK. It is Parkrun. And I speak with Professor Steve Hake, he's chair of the Parkrun Research Board, all about it. Just how big it is, how many people run it, how it helps people, and how much money it can save the NHS. Spoiler, it's a lot. Still on running, I speak with Hamida Shikani, who completed the London Virtual Marathon. Um, so I had an operation to correct that, which involves... Um, you know, major surgery uh, and, and putting a, a metal rod in place to, to straighten up the, the spine. Um, so I wanted to run for a charity that um, that was kind of relevant to, to me. As a teenager, Hamidi had scoliosis, so she chose to run and raise money for the back care charity. And so stay tuned for a great show. Steve Hake is Professor of Sports Engineering at the Advanced Wellbeing Research Centre at Sheffield Hallam University. He's also chair of the Parkrun Research Board and I had a great chat with him about all things Parkrun. However, to start off, I asked him if I got his all his titles and responsibilities correct and told him that I suspected he probably does much more as well. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yes, I suspect like all academics, there's a lot of other things you do as well. Uh, yeah, I yes, uh, far too many things. Usually is a bit of uh, plate spinning, uh, throwing all these balls in the air. Uh, I'm also chair of the Active Travel Advisory Board for the Sheffield City region. Uh, and I work with the International Tennis Federation on setting the rules of tennis. And who else do I work with? Oh, English Institute of Sport. I'm on their technical steering committee. Um, so uh, I seem to be uh, doing less and less in terms of research and doing more and more about pretending I know what everyone's doing and telling people what they should be doing. So, um, yeah, makes me feel old. <laughs> Don't feel old. Don't feel old. Um, well, you do part run. You talk about park run. Do, do you go on the odd part run yourself? Oh, I do. I do. I I'm one of those um, for whom Saturday is park run day. You know, so for me, Saturday morning, I have a particular routine. Um, uh, we get up, we go down to park run, we do the half hour park run, uh, we chat chat with people, and then we go to the local bakery, and then we go and get some lovely, lovely croissant from this bakery, and then bring them home, uh, and then sit and drink coffee and talk and eat croissant. So, uh, so that's so, my Saturday so morning. So for you, park run is a lot more than just uh, a run in the park. Oh, oh, it is. It is. It's a for me. It's it's a lifestyle. Uh, and even right. now during lockdown, um, where park park run is not allowed, um, although it, I think it could be allowed, but I think the decision is look, it's not the appropriate time to be doing this. 
um, there is a thing called not park run. So rather than turn up to an official park run, you can do a 5K anytime you want in any park you want. Um, so with your, you know, the people you lock down with, etc., and you just put it on the website. And so uh, there's a load of us. There's 35,000 or so um, logging our park runs every week. And, right. and, what's, and what's interesting is you've got people who've never done a park run doing not the park run. So people who are new to park run. So there's about yeah. 5,000 people who are doing not park run. Yeah, That might be a function of lockdown because people are looking to sort of engage with people um in lockdown because there's less of that going on and also a lot of people have been looking to do some exercise well yeah it, it, yeah it is interesting Lock, lockdown you know sport england have been tracking people's physical activity behaviors and um what, what what's interesting is you during the middle of lockdown up to about may um there was a number of things happened you've got a normal distribution of activity so if you ask people how many days of activity uh, have you done last week, naught, one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven, mm-hmm. then you have a nice uh, peak in the middle at about three, and then it goes down to zero, and then it goes down to seven. But then when you get to seven, you get a load of people saying they're doing activity every day. And then you've also got a load of people saying they're doing absolutely nothing. So you have a normal distribution in the middle, and then at each end, you've got these absolute extremes, either doing something every day or doing nothing at all. All right. I definitely want to ask you about that, some more details about that in a second. But I I missed out on quite an important question, really, because I started off because I know what parkrun is, and I've done it. Oh, yes. The most basic question is, what is parkrun for those that don't know? It's a free weekly timed run or walk on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock. It's five kilometers in length. Do it how you want. You're not really allowed to do it on wheels, but um, uh, buggies are allowed. Dogs I've seen are people allowed. pushing prams and buggies. Yeah. yeah, pushing prams. So if you're under the age of four, uh, then being in a buggy is quite allowed. Um, over four, we kind of recommend that you run or walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in uh, over 700 locations across the UK. It's uh, in a thousand plus locations uh, across the world, 22 countries. Um, and we've now got something like 7 million people worldwide signed up, about 4 million in the UK. So, uh, yeah. So of, of those 7 million worldwide or 4 million in the uk yeah. how many well it might be that might be this might be a difficult question now because of lockdown but before lockdown or or, or you mentioned there's not the park run how yeah. many are actually sort of partaking and, and doing it each week um so so what you find it's really really interesting so if you look at the park run population you'll see in the uk that the average number of park runs participants have done is about 14 to 15, something like that. But that's over a period of years. So park runs have been going for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And the average length of time that people have registered is about three. So it's really taken off in the last you know, three or four years. So the average length of time is about three. So what you're finding is you're finding that on average, people are doing you know, about four or five park runs per year. 
something like that, or on average. Now, of course, right. you've got some people who are doing 52 a year, and you've got some people who are doing just one, one a year. And it's, and it's extremely nonlinear. It goes from the most, the largest proportion of those doing one down to the smallest proportion, which is those doing 52 a year. Right. Okay. Um, and what sort of people are they that, that register, well, that register and also do it, you know? Put, so you've got, okay. So you, so if you, if you look at a, a park run, if you, if you go down to a, your, your park on a Saturday morning when it's running and you see it, You'll see that on the front line, you'll see the kind of the, the, the usual suspects, which is, you know, skinny white blokes in short shorts and vests all looking at their watches, desperate to get the best time possible. But when the whistle goes or someone shouts go, what you find behind these skinny suspects are the general, the normal population. Um, and, and, you know, the people at the back are those who are perhaps new to running, new to physical activity for the first time since they left school, uh, people who want to change their lives in some way, they've had some kind of epiphany and some kind of motivation to, to change their behaviour. So if we were to look at the characteristics of the population, then you find that uh, around... Um, somewhere between, well, up to about eight or 9% of those who are registering now for Parkrun or would have been had it been open oh. uh, are those who were previously inactive. So when you ask them how much physical activity are you doing at the moment, they basically go, well, less than one thing a week. And when we, when, and the question is, how much physical activity are you doing? Uh, so how many, how many times are you doing physical activity per week of 30 minutes or more enough to raise your heart rate? Right. And they'll say less than one. So they, these people are doing really, really nothing. So, so between five and ten percent of the parkrun population are that cohort. Right. And then in terms of those who are doing maybe one thing a week, um, it goes up and it'll be about fifteen percent. And then it goes up to two, three things a week. And and the kind of the mode, the the, the largest proportion is about three times a week. And then those. Uh, fastest those are really active ones it then goes down for, for that and so that's activity levels in terms of um the kind of um deprivation so we ask people where the the, the postcode of where they live mm -hmm. and you can use postcode to get a thing called index of multiple deprivation and this gives a score for lots of these areas around uh england scotland and wales and we can, we can rank them. There's 32,000 of them in England. And you rank them from most deprived to least deprived. And there's 32,000 of them. And what we find is with, with, with parkrunners, in terms of that lowest proportion, the lowest quarter of um, that population, we have about 10% um, come from the, low, the most deprived portion of the UK, of England, Scotland, and, and, and Wales. Right. Uh, and then it then goes up, you know, and the, the, the lower the deprivation, the more people you have love turning up. Sure. So I'm just thinking, so I, li I live in St. Albans and when I've been yep. to Park Run, you know, it, St. Albans is a very middle class place. Yeah. And well, I suppose it's hard to tell when people are there and they're running stuff, but they kind of look like me. They look pretty dull and middle class. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it does, you know, a large proportion of people at Park Run attracts Oh, as, as you call us, dull <laughs> middle-class people. 
But on the other hand, what it does do, it also attracts large numbers, although the proportion might be small, the mm -hmm. numbers are very large of people from deprived communities who are previously inactive. And those are really the, the, the big wins. Those are the people we really, really want to target if we can. Um, because those are the people that really need support to change behaviors, to change lifestyle behaviors. Sure. But those numbers are really huge. You know, they're, they're, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people here. Right. So do Parkrun actually try and promote it to those kinds of people? Yeah, yeah. So those, po those populations, yeah, um, Parkrun are targeting new Parkruns in places where people might struggle to do physical activity, either because of the environment uh, because it's socially, you know, not the norm uh, mm -hmm. for them to do that. So, so yes, they are currently focusing on those kind of areas. All right. So let's move. I'm keen to move on to uh, something else a little bit, because there's a lot of talk in, in the media about how there's loads of people who are kind of becoming couch potatoes and diabetes is on the up and all that. But when I went to park runs, you know, there were hundreds of people there. And, you know, a few years ago, I did the London Half Marathon. You know, there's thousands of people. And the virtual yeah. London Marathon a while ago, again, thousands of people. So the, the two, in my mind, don't necessarily go together unless we're kind of like diverging into two species of the fitties and the fatties. You know, is it, from you were talking about this curve of um, who does park run and kind of the, the average. What, what's your comment on that? Are we really just becoming a load of catch potatoes? Um, no, no. I think if you look at the evidence, you know, we've when, when I started out in this field of, uh, you know, sport and physics sport over 30 years ago, to be honest, it was a, my area. It was about equipment. It was about new pieces of equipment, uh, new technologies, whether and, and most of them were made out of carbon fiber. <laughs> So it was about, you know, this sports sector, shall we say. 30 years on, we talk more about physical activity because it's not about whether who, who has the best kit. It's about getting people to pick that kit up in the first place. Mm. Because we've realized over the last 30 years that actually behavior change is really, really tough. And despite all the interventions we've tried to put in place over those years, the, the numbers of people who are physically inactive has stayed about 25 to 30%, regardless of what we do. So what we have here is we have a culture um, in this country and across, well, m most countries of the world, where the last 200 years since the Industrial Revolution, we've been trying to make things easier through technology. And, I, and I've been partly responsible for this. So you know, we've tried to make things easy, whether it's with wheels, whether it's with transport, whether it's with mobiles, whether it's with remote controls for your television. It's all been about how can we make things easier and get you to save energy. Now, suddenly we're going, well, do you know what? We don't want you to do that anymore. We want you to go out and be physically active because we don't want you to be a couch potato, despite <laughs> everything pointing towards this is what you need to buy so that you can be a couch potato. Yeah. So we are a product of the system which we live in and the culture we live in. So, so we shouldn't blame people for being um, couch potatoes. We have to blame the system. So we have to do something different. Now, Parkrun is probably the best intervention in the world for trying to change that system because it's not just about physical activity. It's about culture. 
and you've been to a parkrun, if you go down to parkrun, you can feel it. You can feel this social energy that people get when they turn up to a parkrun. And actually, it's designed in such a way, it's, it, it's, it might have evolved to be what it is now, but it's been carefully, carefully designed to do what it says on the tin, which is to encourage people to do physical activity in a social manner. Well, certainly when I've been to park runs, and I, I haven't been for a while because of lockdown, and then I sort of got out of the habit before that, I must admit, but it was obvious to me it was a lot more than just a run in the park. You know, there was yeah, yeah. a lot of people were obviously meeting up friends that they see there every week, and they were yeah. getting a lot more out of park runs. So, what I mean, what sort of things do you think your average park runner gets out of it other than a three mile run <laughs> yeah well you know we 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 did a survey um a little while ago of, of park runners and we got sixty thousand massive survey returns from uh park runners um, that's got to tell you something first off the fact you got so many answers oh, oh ab- absolutely sixty thousand, and and this was a big survey this had 47 questions in it you know it wasn't right. it wasn't a two minute job this was a 15 minute job and and even at the end of that those sixty thousand people 14 000 of them uh filled in the any other comments bit and we, we've now got <laughs> We've got 600,000 words to analyze, which is more than, uh, it's about 50% more than War and Peace. And so we're still <laughs> analyzing it. Well, so, good luck with that. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, it's going to be my retirement job, that one. Um, so, you know, the first thing that, that people told us was the, were the motives um, for, for doing a park run. And it was kind of the things you'd expect. It was about health, it was about physical activity. Um, it was about occasionally about weight loss. Um, it was about um, very few people put down mental health, but we had all these different motives. You know, my my family told me to do so, my doctor told me to do so, etc. That that was way down actually that one. And then we asked, we also asked them what did they perceive the impacts to be, and hey presto, what did they say? They said their health was better. Um, they said they were happier. Um, they said their physical fitness was better. But actually, interesting, they said things like, my mental health is better, even though mm-hmm. that was quite a way down on their motives in terms of the outcomes, their mental health was better. They okay. uh, found friends. Um, they were socially connected to people. So what you're finding is, is any behavior change kind of intervention has to have you know, certain things to it. And there's, there's uh, in, in terms of the, uh, the, the psychology of it, you know, it's the competence. Do you have the competence to go out and run? Well, most people go, oh, my God, I'm really scared. I haven't run for ages. Will I be able to do it? Um, so generally going with friends that can encourage you, can help you along. And even Parkrun allow, you know, says, if you want to walk it, just walk it, walk it, run it. You don't have to run it if you don't want to. We'll even have a tail walk. If you want to walk it right at the back, we'll have a tail walk and we'll walk with you and you can chat with them. So do you have the competence to do that? The next thing is autonomy. Do you have the ability to go along on your own? Well, parkrun is the same time every week, lots of the same paces, the same people. So you know what to expect. So you have that autonomy. And then the third thing you have to have in some kind of intervention like this is um, the social networks, the, the social frameworks. And it has that in abundance. And so you go along and you make new friends. And Parkrun is designed, uh, you know, you remember Parkrun, what you do is you cross the line 
uh, and you suddenly queue. We're great at queuing in Britain. If there was a gold medal for queuing, <laughs> we would get the gold medal. I see. And I'm going to ask you about the queuing. Yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm probably going to answer the question now. So the, the queuing is part of the design of Parkrun. So you, you queue up and you start to see the same faces that you saw last week or the week before. And you say a quick, shy hello. And, and actually, when the results come out, because you're all in order, you can kind of go, oh, I wonder who that, what the name of that person was ahead of me. And you start to learn people's names. And gradually, this, in this British shy way, we get to know the, the people around us, even not even uh, having to ask them that, what their names are. Yeah. But, but we, we could have automated that whole process. But Parkrun said, no, this part of it is really important. We need people to queue up. They get their barcode scanned at the end. Uh, so every Parkrunner has their own barcode. And that queuing, that social connections is part of what makes Parkrun special. If it was all automated, yeah. people would just cross the finishing line and then just go home. Yeah. But because people hang around and there's a cafe and a coffee, whatever, it, it promotes that social connectedness. And it's that that is the glue that keeps yeah. Parkrun. Very clever. So that, that has happened to me. And I didn't even realize that was part of the process, if you like. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. done on purpose. So I really like that. But when you mentioned the queuing, I just yeah. thought, oh, I wonder if they do park run in Italy and do they queue up in the same way? <laughs> yes. Um, Italy, do you know, I, I don't think it's in Italy. No, uh, we have it in Germany. We have it in France. We have it uh, in South Africa, etc. And um, Yeah, yeah. As far as I'm aware, everyone does it in the same way. There's a finishing funnel. Uh, everyone queues up. Uh, I mean, interestingly, in South Africa, the, the park runs are absolutely enormous. Really? So park in South Africa, yeah. you know, you have easily, you know, 1,000, 1,500 plus park runs. And the, the thing about park run in South Africa is it's a way of, of engaging with physical activity with members of your family and friends in a, in a simple but safe way. So, you know, going out for a, a run in South Africa in some places is not that safe. So this sure. is a way of doing it. And so what you find in South Africa, actually, is a lot of people just walk it. So the time, the average time in park for a park run in South Africa is kind of 40 plus minutes, something like that. Well, if you know that you can walk three miles an hour, mm. um, that's about five kilometers then it's not off far off walking pace for the whole kind of parkrun population in South Africa. So okay. people are using that to do some external outdoors physical activity in a safe manner. And as far as I know, they have to queue up in the same way as they do everywhere else because you have to give them a token and you've got to know what the order of the people are. So you can only put them through in single file. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, interesting. Right, so on to some other thoughts that I, I had. And I, and I, I, I know... Other people have thought about this a bit. Um, I was trying to mull over, all right, getting everybody to do a bit more exercise. This is a good thing. You know, that there's a sense of belonging, a community kind of spirit with all this. What about, does all this exercise save the NHS any money? You know, if we're all, a lot of people are getting a bit fitter, does this save, well, all of us really, because we all pay into the NHS, a bit of cash? Yeah, 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 of course it does. Yeah. So um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will have heard of the concept of qualies, uh, quality adjusted life years. And, uh, you know, in the NHS, um, we will uh, 
pay for medicines which will improve people's quality of life. And we'll pay £20,000 for a medicine that will improve the quality adjusted life year of one. So, so we know that if you improve someone's quality of life, um, you can, uh, the NHS will pay for it. But equally, if you improve someone's quality of life, there is a saving to be had. There's a value you can put on that. Mm. And in terms of physical activity, it turns out roughly that that one hour of additional physical activity is worth just under about nine pounds in terms of quality adjusted life years. So, the, so literally the NHS would pay you know, nine pounds for that, that bit of physical activity, if you could make it happen, that additional physical activity. Well, each so, time it happens, that's... Yeah, each time, each, time, each time it happens. And there's all sorts of nice tools on physical activity which you can use to try and work out, you know, what's the value of this. So, so there's an economic value and, and there's a savings to the NHS, there's a savings to the, the social care system. And... You know, we, we could quantify it if we wanted to. Um, but in terms of the kind of benefits we're getting, we're getting benefits to people's mental health. Uh, I mean, interestingly, when we asked our parkrun survey population, did they have any long-term conditions? Around 10% had long-term conditions. And these right. are the ones that have answered the survey, and these are the ones that are pretty active. So 10% had long-term conditions of 12 months or more. And predominantly, that was um, uh, depression, anxiety, asthma, musculoskeletal, cancer, diabetes. So these are people that have these long-term conditions and are turning to physical activity to try and promote their physical and mental mental health. So yes, it's, you know, parkrun, we haven't done the calculation yet uh, because we're nervous about doing that, but we know it is massive. It's a massive, you know, um, benefit to UK PLC. I mean, so yeah, just from what you said there, we're not talking about like a few million. We're, we're talking about millions and millions, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I would say, you know, if I had to guess, uh, and this is just a guess, I don't want people to hold me to this, sure, but it's, it's, tens, it's tens of millions of pounds. When you consider that before lockdown, Parkrun was recruiting 500,000 new Parkrunners every year, and, you know, around 10% of those, just under 10%, were previously physically inactive. That's 50,000 people per year. So this is, these are huge, huge numbers. And if you get those people to do some physical activity, you're going to um, prevent things like cancer, diabetes, these long-term conditions. Right. So it, it's worth tens and tens of millions of pounds. Is it more than 100 could be. I don't know. I'd like to do the calculation. I'd like someone to come and help me do that calculation. But I think it's absolutely enormous. And the return on investment on Parkrun is huge. Absolutely. Well, for the individual, it doesn't cost anything. You well, know? it doesn't. It doesn't. Although, although, you know, if you were to do the calculation, you say, well, OK, it's a half hour of your time. Okay. Uh, we yeah. can value the half hour of your time. You know, um, you know, it's worth this amount. So so but but in terms of, you know, personal, if you think of it as uh, a leisure activity, yes, it doesn't doesn't cost you any time. It costs you some effort. Um, but the benefits are absolutely huge. Right. So great benefits for, you know, UK PLC as far as money saved by the NHS and great benefits for the individuals as far as you know just feeling good and having a bit of fun 
Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. And if, if anyone hasn't done it, then, you know, when it starts up again, I thoroughly recommend they go and uh, give it a go. Look on the Parkrun website. You can hear about, you know, not the Parkrun. Um, and just go on YouTube and just look at some of the videos of people that, whose lives have literally, you know, changed because of it. Right. Um, so if, if people do want to get involved, they, yeah. they, they, they have to register on the Parkrun park website. How do they do that? They do. They So go to... Uh, Parkrun UK, just look up Parkrun UK. Uh, there's a registration page. Go on there, uh, register. What you'll get is you'll get a number. Uh, you'll get a, a barcode sent to you that you can print out in some way, or you can buy a little uh, tag with it on that you can attach to your shoes or, or whatever. So you can print your own out or you can buy one for a small amount of money. And then when Parkrun starts, you literally just turn up to Parkrun They'll give you a briefing at the beginning if you're new to it. They'll go, look, this is how it works. They'll tell you what the route is. There'll be loads of other people starting it with you. And then uh, you run the 5K. At the end of the 5K, you go through the finishing tunnel. You queue up with everyone else, follow what they're doing. Someone will give you a token at the end of the tunnel. You've got a barcode and a token. You go to someone. They'll have a mobile phone. They'll scan both of them. And then, hey, presto, on the website, your name appears on the website website with the time whether it's a personal best how many park runs you've done they'll give you some congratulations and you can see all the other people that you've done park run with on that event uh, and even around the world and you can look at all these other people that have done it and become part of, of of this community perfect all right steve thank you so much for chatting about this I, I think it's a wonderful thing i love it myself and i would yeah encourage others to get involved as well so steve thank you so much thank you mike But now there's another lockdown here and people all over the world, more people all over the world are working from home. But if you are, are struggling with this and you're suffering from back pain or you're worried about your posture, think about the back app chairs. There's the back app smart and the back app hip. They've helped thousands of people already who suffer the agonies of back pain or are worried about their posture. The hip is a bit smaller and could be perfect for your home office. Why not have a look on my website, relaxbackuk.com. We're shortly going to hear from Hamida, who ran the virtual London Marathon recently. Shikani had scoliosis as a child and as a teenager, age 16, had a major operation to correct it. Um, and because of that, she decided to run the marathon, the London Marathon for the Back Care Charity. Um, she ended up running the running it, it virtually because of COVID. Uh, she was training away and uh, the event got postponed uh, because of all this. And uh, so I started off by asking her for a recap of all the dates that were involved. Um, so it was originally planned for the end of April. Um, which I was training towards. And then it was mid-March that it was, um, they took the decision to postpone it to um, October the 4th. Right. But we had the option to refer to next April, which I, I took that option um, just for personal reasons. I um, preferred to do it next year, so stop training. Um, but as the kind of the, the time went on and the months um got closer to October they realized that wasn't possible to do it 
um, you know, kind of the proper proper way mm-hmm. either. Uh, so they made the decision to to do this October's run virtually and then give everyone the opportunity to still run um, in, in the coming years uh, the actual route. So everyone was given the opportunity to run the virtual. So I thought, why not give me another opportunity to um, do a bit more fundraising, get back into running um, and, yeah, give me another opportunity of, of doing it, really. Okay. So what does running it virtually actually mean? Um, it means that you can do it wherever you like, um, but it also means that you're doing it by yourself without oh. the crowds and thousands of other runners. Um, so they developed an app that we could download on our mobile phone, which was quite good, actually, because um, as well as kind of tracking how far you were going, it was giving you updates every mile. So um, Paula Radcliffe and um, one of the other previous runners were uh, giving some commentary along the way and just kind of giving a bit of support and um, that kept me going and, and counting down the miles. Right, okay. I must admit, I would find it quite difficult if someone just said, right, plan a, a route for 26 miles around where you live. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, You know, I find it difficult to know how to start. Did they give you any help in that or was that up to you? Um, they gave people a few pointers. So uh, because obviously the difficult circumstances this year and, and some people had stopped training or lost motivation, they mm. did suggest you could run down. So you could either do a 26-mile route or you could do you know, 13.1 miles one way and then come back again or even um, you know, break it down into almost like four 10Ks or something like that. So I know there were people doing laps of of certain areas um i decided to do a a kind of local route i'd done up to about 16 miles in my training back earlier in february march time Mm so i knew the route that i could take to do uh, to do 16 miles um and i also didn't plan on on running i didn't think i could run the whole thing because i hadn't trained throughout the summer um, so my initial plan for the last 10 miles was to do just uh, laps of the local high street. Um, I know each lap's about three miles, so I figured, you know, three or so mm-hmm. laps of, at the end would um, not only help me because I'd be closer to home, but the other issue with doing virtual runs is you can't physically carry everything with you. You normally kind of pick up extra Aid and water on the way, but um, obviously you have to sort all of that out yourself okay. so i set off with some some supplies and then at 16 miles my partner came along and, and brought an extra drink and some more gels out for me and, and helped me um you know he ran ran with me some of the way as well so that um to keep me going so yeah lots of kind of thinking about how you wanted to do it and how it, it was all going to work right well, well it, it sounded like you you planned it very very well and it all went to you know plan um how, how long did it take you to complete the whole distance so i did it in just under four hours and 50 um so it was about four hours and 49 minutes and i can't remember this exact seconds but right. um yeah well so it, uh, kind of uh, thank you thank you very much um slowly keeping track with the the times and the laps and i was on on track for my target time um and sort of 
had to add a few more walks in but um towards the end but kept walking running walking running as much as i possibly could so fantastic yeah when, when you were doing it did you sort of pass other runners who were i guess wearing a number and was there like a knowing nod or a knowing smile to other participants yeah um yeah I was I was actually really surprised to to see a few people along the way there was there's quite a few runners out I don't I did see one or two with numbers the others um I don't know if they were part of it but they did sort of spot me and give me a thumbs up and we kind of gave each other a nod like you said um but there was a couple that were involved because as we were passing we were like where are you keep going um so yeah it was great to see uh, some fellow support and then you know made you feel that you weren't by yourself as well but yeah, also yeah, um, yeah. a bit of support lots of yeah there was lots of cars tooting and you know people sticking their thumbs out of the window which was great as well because I, I saw it on the telly just before I set off and they were encouraging people if you see anyone outside to to give them a wave and an, a beep so um, that definitely helped as well good no I, I can imagine although not quite like the, the thousands of people um the crowds are for the real thing but you know a little a little kind of pick me up nonetheless yeah definitely good all right so you so you did this massive feat i mean because however fit you are in whatever shape you are just to complete 26 miles you know this is a big deal so you you well done and you did it for a reason didn't you you didn't just think oh i'd like to run the run the london marathon you you raised money for a charity what what charity was it yeah, that's right. So I was raising money for the Back Care Charity, um, which is a charity that support people who have back and neck pain. Mm-hmm. Um, reason for, for choosing that charity specifically for me is um, I had scoliosis when I was a teenager, which is a curvature of the spine. Um, so as, as you kind of grow, the, the spine doesn't keep up and it, it ends up curving. Um, so I had an operation to correct that, which involves um you know major surgery uh, and and putting a a metal rod in place to to straighten up the the spine um so i wanted to run for a charity that um that was kind of relevant to to me and 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 my right so you you had that surgery as as a teenager what like were you 16 or something yeah 16 okay and do you still so do you still have that metal rod in your bag yeah, I do. So um, the, the, the surgery was um, to put the rod in. Obviously, at that age, you still have a bit of growth in you. Um, but they they just said they, they wouldn't take it out. It was, it's kind of a bigger job to, to get it out. And there's no harm keeping, keeping it there. So, yeah, it's still there. <laughs> right. Well, I, I can see why you would choose the Back Care charity. Um, and do you still, um, well, because of that, the fact that you you had scoliosis and then had a, a, a major operation do you do you suffer from any back issues still um not so much i mean I, I do occasionally get a bit of back pain if i'm standing you know particularly standing in one place tends tends to aggravate it a bit or from carrying something too heavy but i don't think any more than it would affect the general kind of population that doesn't have any issues sure um it's it's definitely made a big impact right and and so do you find in general that exercise and i suppose running in particular because that's kind of what we're talking about helps 
with with those issues does it make your back feel better or if you exercise do you have to, do you have to be careful not to exercise too much what's what's the situation with that um so i was told after my operation to to exercise that would help mm-hmm. um so i've not been told to avoid doing anything um that other people would so I, I do a variety of things um if i'm not running i'm doing exercise classes spinning um I do weights, nothing particularly heavy, but, you know, I'm still able to, to kind of do everything that everyone else does just to, to keep generally fit and healthy. Um, they always told me to, to do exercise to, to just, you know, keep generally um, a good kind of health. and yeah, yeah. Uh, well-, well, that's good advice for everyone, you know. You know, not yeah. You don't have to have had a, a major operation on your spine uh, a, f- a few years ago um, for that to be good advice. So certainly, but yeah, you you would suggest that um, that was well. The fact that you keep active and do sport and running is part of the reason why you you know you feel so good. Yeah, I think so. I think when I don't exercise, I do feel kind of more lethargic and. Uh, um, you know, I'm all, I could take a couple of days out of it or if I'm on holiday and then, you know, I'm fine to, to have a week or two off and have a break. I think that's always good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to strain yourself, but yeah, just, just exercising regularly. Um, it's something I've done for, for quite some time now and I enjoy doing it and it makes me feel good. Um, it's not, you always have to kind of talk yourself into doing it sometimes um especially I, I prefer to get up in the morning and just get it over and done with so getting out of bed and, and talking myself into it sometimes is uh, the hardest part but once I'm there and um doing it and afterwards always feel so much better for it yeah no I, I can imagine and so you you did this uh for the back care charity so you raised money for the back care charity uh, do you know how much money you raised yeah so I have past my target now so I needed to raise uh 1400 pounds just over 1600 now um so I did surpass that because of the virtual which has been um it was great you know to complete the run and then also pass the the fundraising target as well fantastic all right so well done in getting past your target um if people want to donate some more money to uh your um efforts for the back care charity uh, I, I guess there's um, a website to do that. What's how can they, how can people do that? Yeah, there's a fundraising page. Um, it's a secure site that's linked specifically to the marathon Virgin Money Giving website. Um, so my page is is www.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash Hamidi Shikani, uh, which is spelled H A M E D A H S H K O. K-A-N-I. Quite a long name. <laughs> it's a long name. All right. Well, I, I'll endeavour to put that link on my blog as well. So if people want to donate some more money uh, to the cause, they can. Now, so you, you mentioned that having done the virtual marathon, you get entry for future London marathons or a future London marathon. Are you going to take that up? Yeah, definitely. Um, I... I only planned to, to run the marathon once, actually. I, I wanted to kind of do it for the experience. I've, um, you know, born, brought up in and around London. So I've always wanted to do the London Marathon. 
Um, so yeah, I'll definitely do it for for the experience when um, you know hopefully things are back to normal. Still waiting to find out which year I've been allocated. Um, there's options of 21, 22, and 23. So it depends on on the charity because I have a charity place. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to do the proper one uh, for the experience. And then I think that will be my my second and last marathon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, look, good luck with that. I hope you get the year you want. And I hope you do even better uh, than in the virtual one. Um, so good luck with it. And Hamidi, well done on completing the virtual marathon, raising so much money for the Back Care Charity. And, and thanks for chatting. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed to my guests on this week's show. And they were Professor Steve Hake talking about Parkrun and Hamida Shikani, who did the London Marathon virtually. And of course, thank you to you for listening. That was the Relaxed Back UK show with me, Mike Dill. Thank you for listening and please do join us again next time.